Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast, and it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from yet another humble abode of books. <laughs> it is Mother's Day morning in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have just watched the sunrise at the top of a four-floor condo that is very temporary and nothing I could afford. (laughs) But standing on top of this building, I could see all of the mountains surrounding Phoenix. I watched the sun come up and bless all these palm trees with a beautiful silhouette. And I wish my mother could see what it looks like. She died in 2003. Oh, that woman. What a force to be reckoned with. I often think of a poem by Rachel McKibbins called Central Park Mother's Day. You should look it up on YouTube if you want. The most powerful line in that poem is, A mother doesn't know what her weapons can do. And then something to the effect of, She's never sure which one is the one that does it. God, I think about that so often. These these watershed moments in my siblings' lives where what my mother did was the Alpha and the Omega of their life experiences. You'll never understand that power until you're older. Until you failed with one of your children or all of them. That one person who could make or break an entire human being with a smile or a tear or an appearance, or lack thereof. My mother loved me, and that's not a full sentence. The full sentence is, my mother loved me the best she could. And whether that was well, (laughs) or anything below well, (laughs) let me just say that In hindsight, there were moments that I know I wouldn't be here today without her. And in same said hindsight, 
there are moments that make me realize I'm not fully here because of her. But the bottom line is, I'm here because of her. Because she decided, instead of a back alley abortion, to let this happen. She wouldn't admit it. She said she had no choice because of Roe v. Wade not being available till 1973, and I was born in 1970, but my mother was a G, surrounded by gangsters. And if she wanted an abortion, she'd have gotten one. And no one would have judged her for it. She just couldn't do it. Now, some people will call that maternal instinct, but I never believed in maternal instinct. I believed in the instincts of an individual. I've seen what a mother could do to her children. And I can honestly tell you that if there was a such thing as a mother's instinct, not every person is born with it. But for sake of argument, well, just imagine it's true. My mother took lives to make sure I was going to be okay. To this day, I can't prove it, but I think she killed the person who sexually assaulted me when I was, I don't know, either five or six. I know she was working in an after-hours joint. I only found out later in life that she actually owned the place. And when I woke up one morning with a screaming pain in my skull, and doctors found a roach in my ear, my mother had had enough of the projects. And in the three days that I sat in the hospital in an oxygen tent from a severe asthma attack and surgery on my inner ear, <clears throat> by the time that three days was over, my mother had already sold her after-hours joint business dropped out of a nursing school and gave up her legit job that covered up the money she was making from her illegitimate job. Told everybody she was out. And when I got out of the hospital, we got in a car and all my mother had in the trunk was one paper bag of clothes for me. <laughs> And four photo albums. God, those photo albums went everywhere with us. And everything else didn't. She left all the furniture. She left all her stuff, purses and fur coats. And I think she sold all her jewelry just to have a nest egg of money. And we stayed in her friend George's attic. It became our apartment up there. I'm sure she paid rent for it. I wouldn't know. Aunt Georgia was not related to me. I know she had something to do with the after-hours joint, probably a business partner at the time. And for the first time in my life, I, I mean, I had, I had asthma like y'all wouldn't believe, man. I, I would get an attack, and within 15 minutes, I could have died. There was no asthma sprays like you see today. That stuff didn't exist. You had to go to the hospital, and they shut you up with adrenaline until you cleared epinephrine until you had seizures, amphetamines until you had convulsions. I would see hallucinations and they'd stick me in, in an oxygen tent, which was this big 
plastic. It looked like a fitted sheet and it bubbled over the bed. And then there was a hose they hooked up to it and it was just pure oxygen being shot into this tent. And when you're five years old, it looks like a nightmare. White smoke and blurry shadows all around you and this loud hissing. And you learn to sleep in that. It's freezing. When I came out of the oxygen tent this time, got in the car, ended up at a house. I never saw a house up close before. <laughs> I was like five, six years old. I had never been inside of this pointy roofed house. You know, like I've seen them on like the Brady Bunch, but I had never been in one. And, uh, you know, the place had a front lawn and there were lightning bugs. I never saw a lightning bug before. I was scared shitless. Could you imagine a kid from the projects? Gunshots, gangsters, drug dealers, murders, overdosing junkies on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And here I was running from a fucking insect with green liquid inside of it. <laughs> but I was running, nonetheless. And my mother was staring at me, playing with some other kids in the yard, running around chasing these lightning bugs, and the lightning bugs chasing us, and we were trying to get them into jars. It's funny how fragile the lightning bugs were. Their lights shining, showing off at night. But if you touched them the wrong way, the light was out. There's a metaphor in there somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, my mother was crying, and I walked over to her. I said, Mom, why are you crying? And she didn't, my mother didn't cry loudly. It wasn't like, uh, uh, you know, my mother didn't like shedding tears, but I saw the tears in her eyes, and I remember asking her what was wrong, and she said, do you realize you've been running outside for hours and you haven't wheezed once? And I smiled, and I went back to playing. I didn't understand any significance of it. But at that moment, being this allegedly grown-ass person I am now, and you have that hindsight, I'm sure my mother told herself she did the right thing because her son could run around the yard chasing bugs. She sold her business and gave up her life, walked out of school, told her boss to fuck off, gave up her clothes, her jewels, everything to sit on the front porch of somebody else's house and feel relieved because her son could play. Those are some of the things a mother can do. And I'm sure there were people asking her if she was out of her motherfucking mind and I'm sure there were people who thought, oh, that's so great. But you know, when all of these politicians are talking about you know being there for the child, I ask myself, I wonder if they would walk out of Congress for their kids. I wonder what they'd be willing to give up. All the clothes they owned, their jobs, school, get in somebody else's car with their kid and go to another state because it would be the best thing for them. I wonder if they would 
take a life if it meant their kid's future would be brighter? Those are the kinds of questions that some people never bother to ask themselves because they never valued their children that much. My mother didn't treat me great. She was physically abusive. She was a walking hand grenade with a ring that jiggled <laughs> loosely, could fall out at any second, tear apart a room. She was frightening, intimidating. But she would have taken a life from me, no questions asked. She'd have done anything. The things that she could have done better, I honestly believe she didn't know how. When my mother was nice, it was always an act. My mother, no matter what age she was when she died, never was older than 13. That's when she was sexually assaulted and got pregnant with my oldest brother. That's when her mother told her she had to get the hell out of the house because she wasn't going to let the neighbors in Midland Beach, Staten Island, or Brighton Beach, Staten Island, forgive me. She wasn't going to let the neighbors find out that her 13-year-old daughter was a whore. So her mother put her out. And there she was. 13 fucking years old probably didn't even know how she got pregnant didn't understand how any of that worked nobody talked about anything back then we're talking about the 1930s and there she was on the street 13 year old girl her belly swelling up gets on a fucking ferry and starts walking around Manhattan looking for work finds herself in Harlem And other women, black women, women who over the years have been lied on, beaten, abused by white women. All of these grown-ass black women see this white girl with this protruding belly standing at the front foot of their business and they told her to come in. That's what women do. That's what black women have always done. And there's a lot of white women out there who, if they saw a pregnant black girl standing at the front of their business, would probably take them in too. Because I've seen my mother do it. I've seen it happen. But anyway, that's how life started for me. But from the time my mother was sexually assaulted at 13, I don't think her mind ever really left that day. My mother died in 2003. She tried to take her own life, overdosed on her insulin. It was sunrise. 
in a Mount Holly, New Jersey hospital. I had fallen asleep holding my mother's hand. Remember I had her hand in one of my hands and a hairbrush in the other one. I was brushing her hair while she was lying there. Nurse came in, woke me up because her heart monitor started slowing down. Her body had finally given up any hope in that coma she was in. And I remember just watching the heart monitor slow. We had gotten way past the points of ice chips and we slowly downgraded to sponge on a stick where you just wipe water on their mouth and they, they can barely suck on it. She was almost all the way gone. And I watched this. You know, my mother was always a big woman, so... It was like... It was like laying... It was like watching a, a dragon. You know, this, this big, powerful beast of a thing. Now so calm and subtle and the slow gurgle of breath and... You know, all these white sheets. She looked like a snowdrift. She's a big, big woman. And I watched her come to a... a pause and then a stop and then a cease. And I really believe to this day that she took her last breath and the heart monitor stopped. They turned off the lung machine. It's like she went right through me and out the window. You can't explain what life is like. The moment, the, 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 the alteration, the change between the moment before she dies and the moment after. The whole universe shifts. There's, I, I, there's, there's got to be a word in some language for nothing after this will be the same. And believe it or not, this isn't the saddest moment. This is reflection. Because when your mother dies, you realize that there will never be anyone who loves you that much except your children, if you're lucky, if you haven't failed too many times, and if you've learned how to take responsibility and accountability, then fucking apologize. No excuses, no bullshit. No, I did the best I can, just, I'm sorry I caused harm. I wish I didn't. That's it. I've learned that that is the best apology. I regret hurting you. I regret hurting you.
There's this beautiful lavender in the sky right now. The sun hasn't yet come over the mountains in the east, but I can see all that yellow trying to make it. It's like watching my son being born. I was there when my daughter was born too. That's another one of those moments that you know nothing will ever be the same again. If you're watching your child being born and you were in love with whoever created your child, you think this person loves you so much bringing your child into the world, but let me tell you, you're not even in the equation at that moment. That is a miracle that only a mother can comprehend. The other parent, I mean, has the privilege of bearing witness. But even while you're watching, you have not even a fathomable opportunity to comprehend the blessing, the magic, that mother's love. It is the moment lips part for a smile, and it is the beginning of a grieving process you will never be able to fully endure. Happy Mother's Day to everyone who has brought a child into this world and everyone who has loved one with all they have. To all you baby-making people out here, thank you for all you've endured. And I forgive you for every mistake. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. Remember to love yourselves. And if you fall short, you can start your day over at any time. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you... Love this podcast. I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because yo. The struggle is real. Y'all take care.